Hello everybody, it is I, Brian the Pirate, and this is On Pirate Radio. Let's talk On Pirate Radio, and today I have a fantastic and a hilarious guest. I have Kid Kerrigan, as she is known on Twitter and Twitch. How are you doing, Kerry? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming on. It's actually uh, midnight here in the UK, but you obviously in Australia. It's 11 or 10 now? Is it 11? It's 11, yeah. 11 we managed to make it work. I could have probably gone a bit earlier for you, but... No, no, it's fine. Work, work everything out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Did you, uh, did you get to enjoy breakfast? I did, I did, yeah. It was Fantastic. Nice. I have to know because I'm, I'm a foodie. What did you have? It was just dad's, dad's uh, you know, good old scrambled eggs. Ah, you can't, you can't go wrong with like this. Right? Type of stuff. Yeah. I was actually like toying with the idea of um, having breakfast myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, because uh, when, when Carrie's just going to have her breakfast when she starts, I was like, I wonder if she'll have eggy bread. I really wanted you to have eggy bread for some eggy? reason. Or like French toast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I was just we like, I hope she has that it. all the time. My, we, don't, we don't have bread so much anymore. My mum used to make it for me all the time. It was all my favorite breakfasts. I was just like, yeah, I want eggy bread. <laughs> But uh, once again, thank you very much for uh, for joining me. Uh, so today, I want to just uh, you know get to know you a wee bit more, a bit a bit more about Kid Kerrigan, Kerrigan sorry, and um, and what your life is all about, and obviously talk a wee bit about Twitch as well. So I think that's probably a good starting point. Like, what what were you doing before Twitch? I was. That's a good question. What was I doing? I was working at EA. Is what I was doing when right. I started. Um, I, <laughs> funny story. Okay, here we go. Tangent time. This is what you talked about, <laughs> tangent time. Um, I actually, how do I, how do I put it? It's a bit of a long story, but mm -hmm. it's worth it. Trust me. So I do this thing where I, I drop things a lot and I spill things a lot. Okay. And I've always been saying, oh, I should make a Snapchat for that because it would be so stupid and like hilarious. Just like all the things that carry like drops and spills all the time, multiple times a day. It would be hilarious. And so I had one of those days yesterday where I was dropping lots of stuff and I was like, this is the day. I'm going to I'm gonna photograph all of this <laughs> stuff. I'm going to put it on Instagram, make an Instagram for this. Instagram wouldn't let me make a fourth account unless I had another email address. So I went back to my old original Instagram account from like 2012, 2013, um, which was the year that I started. I don't know if I was on Twitch at that time. I was on Twitch, but I don't know if I was on Twitch as Kid Kerrigan, but that's when I was working at EA, when I was doing like other stuff. It's like full of old nerdy photos of like me buying stuff from ThinkGeek and all of these things. Right. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So yeah, I was, I, I know perfectly well what I was doing because I just looked at that Instagram yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is you say that Instagram, did you say you had four accounts that wouldn't let you have a so fourth I account? Have, yeah. So like, um, actually this will be like a useful tidbit for some people, maybe if they, for some reason feel like I can give tips and tricks on this stuff. Um, but you know how similarly to YouTube, YouTube kind of punishes you if you have content that's too different on the same channel. Yeah. So basically this original Instagram account was, was my personal account. It was all like just, just me and my dumb shit. And like, here's a photo of, I can swear, right? Yeah. yeah. A pirate. Okay. <laughs> excellent. Um, my, my dumb shit of, of just like, here's some photo of almonds because I like almonds and whatever. Like, you know, it was six years. It's how long ago? Seven years ago. Right. Um, 
So that was my original Instagram account and I ended up making it private when I became Kid Kerrigan because I felt, as someone who worked at EA and copped lots of abuse because I was on the customer service team for EA and stuff like that. Right. Because that must have been a nightmare, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it it was quite, like there was, I literally found a photo of a comment from someone when I was, I was working on a game called Real Racing and someone had written a comment saying, um, is, is that even her driving? We all know women can't drive and this game is trash or something like that. Oof. Like that, that kind of stuff. So right. when I became Kid Kerrigan and started streaming, I worked really hard to not dox myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> kind of. And to like put that side of me in a box and it's only now over five years later that I'm finally starting to open the box again and right. be and not have a, a complete state of panic when someone comes into chat and calls me Nina. Right. I see. That, yeah. That, like it used to freak me out. I was like, how do you know me? Where are you from? Who are you? What's going on? Like all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's why I started the secondary, the second Instagram account. The third one came around because of whole, so like the, the way that YouTube handles channel stuff, right? Mm. Um, I experimented uh, on my Kid Kerrigan account, which is usually like, you know, selfies, mirror selfies is my outfit of the day, <laughs> yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like people like that stuff. They just like to see you feel good about yourself and whatever, which I know you've been jamming on that recently and I love it. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, <laughs> just, a, just a tad. Um, so I experimented excuse me, I experimented with posting a gameplay video on that Instagram account, instantly lost seven followers. Oh, wow. <laughs> because people were probably scrolling and like, what is this yeah, random yeah. ad for a game? I don't know what this is. And they unfollowed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I made Kit at Kid Kerrigan TV to be my purely gaming content related gaming conventions um, stuff like that on Instagram. Right. That makes sense. As well. So I just kind of like cross promote a whole bunch of stuff. And so basically the, the old, old account, I just went through yesterday and like deleted a whole bunch of, you know, ex-boyfriend related things or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like everything because you know, that is your life, but. Oh yeah. And you can, you can't have, have too many to move regrets. On at a point if people are going to be like diving all the way through your past posts. Cause mm. I don't want to, I don't want to delete that part of my life at all. Um, but you know, there's a limit, <laughs> of course, <laughs> especially given feelings around that situation or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I went through and like deleted a bunch of stuff and rebranded my old one as, um, at Kid Kerrigan, but messy. Right. So now it's like the last thing that was on there was all photos of my dog when I first got him, when he was mm. a tiny little pupper. And then there's just like a picture of me spilling my tea. Right. Table. So you, and from you, now on, it's just going to be me spilling shit. I was going to say, you got the spilling in eventually, then it, it happened. The whole mm -hmm. spilling and knocking things over. So that's good. That's good. So you can I just you, always do that. So I'm like, easy content. It does sound like it, <laughs> a good route to go, to be fair. Like, <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, I just make things fall over. What? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, like, I know it sounds really dumb, but it's such a meme with me. So, like, every time something breaks or I drop something or I spill something, like, there's going to be evidence of it now. That's fair play. It's a good way to go. It's good to record, you know, achievements in your life. <laughs> but uh, speaking of your dog, I think I saw on your Instagram earlier, did, did you say you got attacked by some birds or something? 
Oh, the mini vlog. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I what? Okay, so we have we have these birds. Um, oh, what are they called? I forgot what they're called. They're like mask, like I don't know, armor face fucking bird thing. <laughs> um, they they basic they basically look like seagulls with like a yellow mask on their face. Right, okay. and they have spurs on the tops of their wings. What? Like it's ridiculous. Like this is like an Australian level bird is what this is. And I didn't know that they existed until just recently. Um, I think it was like a few months ago or something. Um, you have actual they just murder started birds. Making all this noise. Yeah. Like they were like, they, all of a sudden I'm trying to stream or I'm trying to record something. And there were just these birds screaming incessantly outside the house and it would set off Astro like Astro start would bark at them. He still does. And it turns out that these birds, they, they look like swamp birds. Like they shouldn't even be, they don't nest in trees. They nest like on the ground. Right. Um, so because of that, they're like super protective. They're really great parents. They will like anything that comes anywhere near their little nest on the ground because it's so unsafe. They will like scream at you, charge at you. They like swoop with their heckin' devil spurs <laughs> right. and stuff like it's insane um so their chicks finally hash hatched uh and they're but they're still kind of patrolling with them so the chicks will just kind of like wander around and do whatever right. it is that they're doing and then the adults will be like trying to herd them and then just like screaming at anyone who comes yeah, past. Like, get away from my children <laughs> yeah exactly and like astro insisted to take this route through the park home yesterday and i was like no you know we can't do this like we've been here before yeah yeah so I've been, there's just like all these instances of, I haven't even been able to post a lot of them because there's like the street signs and stuff in the footage, but, of course. um, but yeah, like it's been, it's been wild. <laughs> Is it a route it's that so you're going to take in the future or? No, I think, I think they're going to calm down eventually. Right. Because it's like right now, like literally no one goes into this park anymore because they they just own it now. Just ter <laughs> like terrifying like, murder birds are just patrolling it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, so obviously you were at EA before you started streaming. What made yes. you go with that transition into streaming then? Um, so I originally started streaming. I think I was introduced to streaming through um my my ex thought that it would because i wanted to learn how to play starcraft because he played a lot of starcraft he played a lot of dota all those kinds of games right mm, and yeah. i was like i want to learn how to play those games so that i can like relate to you or whatever and because those games are cool yeah. um and he was like well day nine does a really great job of explaining how to play the video game mm. so like why don't you like watch his stuff so i was like okay i'll watch that stuff like his community's pretty fucking rad and you know really awesome and um and i i regret now like with all the transitioning and the and the time zones and stuff that i can't be as active in that community as i was because right. that that community is insanely wonderful um very committed but yeah yeah exactly so i i watched a lot of his stuff and and learned so much from him and um i don't i i don't think that it's necessarily what like, it's not like, oh, day nine made me want to start streaming or something like that. Yeah. But that opened the door into me understanding what streaming is and that it exists and stuff like that. And I 
generally have been a really big gamer in my like all my life, but mm. I found myself in a place where I was I was so introverted and shy in real life. Um and I don't think I had really great social skills personally. Like I had to I had to consciously try very, very hard to train myself into social interactions such as yeah, I'm great, thanks. And how about you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, how you going? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. I, to be fair, I, then, I actually yeah. purposely do that if it's someone I don't want to talk to, or if I'm just not in the mood well, for speaking. Yeah, exactly. But I, I wasn't the one who, I, I wasn't even in the place to like make that decision. It was mm. kind of like I want to talk to you, but I don't even know how to. Like, it didn't, it didn't come. That kind of stuff did not come naturally to me at right. all. Um, so how I am now is very different, I think, to how I, I was back then. I don't think people realize how much effort consciously has gone into that. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to make friends. I didn't, I wanted more friends to play games with and I didn't really know. I was like, maybe if I stream, it might, that might open the door to me finding people who like the things that I like right? because generally people will gravitate towards certain types of games in streams or whatever. Um, so I just did it. I was like, stuff it. I like playing Hearthstone. I might as well just stream myself playing Hearthstone, I guess, like <laughs> whatever, or, or, you know, playing Skyrim or playing what, I don't know what else was out then Bioshock or whatever. Right. Um, Strangely enough, I was always massively into World of Warcraft, but I never really streamed it that much until like this year. I, I think I think it's a really boring game to stream. Like I've it can played be, yeah. it. You've got to be really chit chatty. Yeah, for, it. for sure. Yeah, especially yeah, if you like you leveling or grinding. It's just like, what are you doing? I'm hitting things over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's always that's also always really been my my like heart and soul protected game mm. so it's like the game that i don't want to share with you because that's like my safe place yeah for sure I, it's, as it's, well i think i have a very similar like opinion in that regard especially with blizzard games in general i think like yourself i was pretty much raised on blizzard games like uh, mm -hmm. i first discovered like online gaming back in Diablo 1 days when it was Battle.net 1.0 and I was in the Diablo Retail GBR1 channel when I was about 13, I want to say. And then I started <laughs> playing uh, StarCraft, StarCraft 2 eventually, StarCraft Brood War especially I was uh, fanatical about. And then eventually um, Diablo 2 and Diablo 2 LOD, played that for 12 years in the end. Um, and then uh, Warcraft 3 and eventually uh, World of Warcraft. And I yeah, think see, like, I skipped a lot, unfortunately, I feel like. Well, I got kind of pulled into the ecosystem because you had Battle.net 1.0, yeah. which was literally a chat room where you could see your avatars and stuff. Like you could yeah, see your yeah. character and it looked really, really dope. And like you, you'd end up being in the chat room more than in the games a lot of the time, just chatting and meeting these people. And That's so sick. I, I feel like I missed, like there's so much of it that I missed. And I think it's like stuff like that that I did. Because I think that was also around the time when, like, you know, in my adolescence, like, I was always the, I was always the tomboy. I grew up around three boys. Right. Like, I'm, a, I'm an only child, but, you know, my cousin and our two best friends, like, they were my closest, 
my closest group. Mm. And then I had my girlfriends, but they were all on the, on the opposite side of town from me. Right. So I was always like the tomboy hanging out, hanging out with these boys and stuff. And then in my adolescence, it was kind of like, oh my God, boys are noticing me in a different way. And I should conform myself to like, be attractive to them and that doesn't include video games so i guess i'll just not play as many video games god forbid people know i play video games right no and obviously that's not an issue for you now and you're like all oh, the games oh, kind of thing. No. yeah yeah well i mean when you once you once you pass the threshold of 30 your <laughs> your uh concern for people's feelings about you i feel like vastly diminishes year on year yeah you just don't give a fuck really i mean I, i'm 31 no. now and like people <laughs> are like oh all. yeah wait give it like a literally one more back to this podcast and be like wow i actually give i don't give twice as many fucks <laughs> yes you know i have completely <laughs> ran out of fucks there are none they have left yeah, the country yeah. but it's it's kind of weird that when we were growing up, like I, I've always been quite a social person. So I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been like the reclusive gamer one day and played a game for 24 hours, slept for five and then gone out drinking mm -hmm. socially for like two, three days on the trot. Um, so I've always been quite social. But even then, when it came to like uh, my real life friends, for lack I did of that better too, friends, but I got dragged along on it. Because I was probably the dragger, if anything. I was just yeah. like I was I was like the one who who like you would you would be like, We're going out tonight and I'm like, Oh, okay, I guess so, because I'm a girl and I should be attractive. Whereas I'd be the guy going <laughs> the, the club night closes in twelve hours, we have to go now, kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the pub's gonna shut soon. It's it's eleven in the morning, Brian. Shut up, shut up, come on, come on. Kind of thing. <laughs> but um Obviously, growing up, even then in real life, you'd be like, oh, okay, I, I, I you don't keep it so much secret, but you just don't talk about gaming with, like, your, your normie friends. I'm doing air quotes yeah, here. No. Um, whereas now it's like, oh, what do you do? And it's like, oh, well, I'm a streamer. I, like, play games a lot and people watch me and, and, then, and people won't get it necessarily, but I don't care that they don't get it whereas before yeah, and, and the, i feel like they're more open to it too oh definitely like it's especially obviously twitch has been around for excluding justin tv for about six seven years now i think it's mm -hmm. just about to turn six or seven but in the past year or two it's definitely become well more known in the uh the mainstream as it were and that's a fantastic thing and also it could be accredited to a, a lot of people and reasons but uh we're not here to talk about them so it's fine <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah i i'm glad with where things are going and I, and I and a lot of people are like oh no it's our little secret san secret sanctuary kind of thing you know it's sacred and it's like no like the more people that get involved the more accepting they will and i i think it i want it to become more mainstream in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um obviously don't fill it with loads of dickheads but you know <laughs> i want it to be definitely yeah, more could accepted do, could do without those for sure. oh yeah for sure for sure save, save those for something else <laughs> and it, it was like you were saying earlier as well you were using like gaming streaming as a as a way to become more social and make friends and i was, I was in a podcast um with a, a fellow friend of mine called bruce cooper who's got his own mm -hmm. podcast which kind of egged me to do this one to be fair um and we were talking about uh, vr and vr chat and he was talking about how he actually saw people uh, in the in these like vr chat rooms where they were literally just sleeping and things like that and like people would spend hours and hours and hours in these rooms and 
basically living in them. And he asked what I thought about it. And I was like, well, at the end of the day, if it's not affecting your health and if it is helping you engage in social situations, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty dope, you know? So, and, and I think the internet and gaming as a whole has always had that, you know, benefit to it where if you are quite introverted in real life and um, not particularly social or good at social skills being able to take your time with responses and things through the power of text chat and stuff while in a game you know can can open a lot of doors for you and i think a lot of people found you know really strong bonds and friendships through games like particularly like wow and stuff like that where you you would spend hours Mm -hmm. and hours on it a day and do, do you think that's that's something that's affected you yeah i mean like people just have to be responsible with it it's like anything Mm. right like you can go out and party to be social but you have to be responsible with it of course (laughs) which i i was not but you know hindsight same (laughs) yeah Um, the rock and roll years that's what we'll call them yeah it's it's like anything like if there is so much benefit to so many things in life if you if you choose to take the positive things from it Mm. and to be responsible with it and You've got the whole gaming addiction thing now as well, haven't you? Where when it when it was first announced, for lack of a better phrase. Obviously yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree it's it's definitely a thing, but I think it's not as much as a thing as some folks were making it out to be. Like there are people who will literally give up their relationships, their job and stuff like that to play games, and then there's just people who play for eight to twelve hours a day. Drugs and with gambling and mm. with stamp collecting and hoarding, yeah. like there are people in every you know type of various, I don't know, personal interest or hobby group that can get to that extreme if that's the type of personality they have. You know, of course, yeah. Gaming isn't. It's like yeah, gaming is probably one of the you know most accessible things people do or whatever, or it's like the most common one. Mm. You know, so then, of course, you know, statistics will tell you that there'll be, you know, the more addictive personality types within that group, there's going to be more of them, right? And it's, it's odd how people don't make the same, like, correlations with, like, TV and stuff like that. Like, there's literally people that mm-hmm. can't get away from their TV. Yeah, it's true. And, it, and it's like, but but why? Why can't we just enjoy these games? Like, I've, I've actually had people in real life who don't quite get it kind of thing, don't get the, the gaming thing, and they'll be like, are you sure you haven't got a gaming addiction? It's like, yeah, I'm bloody sure. <laughs> like, I'm here in the pub with you now. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know how much better I am at math than you because of video games? <laughs> yeah, and I could, why do you think I'm beating you at pool right now kind of thing? It's like, I've learned these skills through gaming and stuff like that. But no, it's, it, it's like I was saying before, it would be nice to have the world be more acceptive of, of gaming as a general thing and obviously not have people take it to extremes and say oh you're all gaming addicts because you spent more than several hours on Fortnite mobile or whatever and it's just like yeah, oh my yeah. god like have you heard what um i think it's uh china they're like restricting how many hours you can play Fortnite or something no, I didn't hear about that, but it doesn't it doesn't surprise me kind of, but I want to know how they're going to police it. But yeah, that's the thing. They're literally like, okay, if you're if you're a minor, you can't play. I think you you're not you weren't allowed to play during weekdays and you can only play for a couple of hours on the week uh, weekends. That's a, but I wonder if that's a, a um like a blanket thing, like what they do with 
I don't know, is it like Facebook and stuff like that? Could be, you know? could be. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know the first thing about government policies and mm. things like that, which is, which is why when this whole like a blizzard thing went down, I was just like, I don't know why you guys are asking me about this because like right. anything politics related, I am literally the person who is below the last person you should be talking to about this because I just enjoy video games. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> that makes complete sense. I mean, to be fair, like I, I probably know more about American politics now than I do about British politics. Cause I, I, yeah, same, because my I hate our politics so much on all the time and I have to accept it. Well, I, I just watch Philip DeFranco and it's just, it's just like all this, this news about Trump and whatnot. And I'm just like, Oh, I am now informed. That's all there is now. That is the news. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, going this back to Blizzard and, and away from China, um, obviously yeah. you are, you are quite a big Blizzard fan yourself. You obviously, you played oh, a yeah. lot of heroes. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you play Overwatch to be fair, but then again, you are usually streaming at like, so for my time <laughs> yeah overwatch is actually the game that got me partnered funnily enough because i didn't actually play a lot of overwatch um i i did play it in beta right. with my current partner actually which is really funny before we started dating um we played we played the overwatch beta together and we right. both we both uh equally disliked the experience <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, yeah, so I I played it a bit in beta and then because I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it. It's not my kind of thing um, and whatever. But then the game evolved a lot while I wasn't playing it and then the opportunity came up to be part of the uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, uh, the Pink Mercy campaign. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, so I, I participated in that campaign. I was the only person who wasn't partnered that was part of that campaign. And then the day before my, uh, my actual scheduled stream for it, I ended up getting partnered, which is wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much Blizzard for that. So claps, that's, claps. That's so dope. Um, yeah. Uh, so I wasn't like super big into Overwatch. And even, even after that, like a lot of people obviously followed me through that campaign for Overwatch, even though I was more of a, I was definitely more of a heroes player than I was an mm. Overwatch one. Um, so obviously I didn't like ride that wave to wherever it was going to take me. But um, but more recently I have gotten back into it a little bit. Um, mostly I mostly save it for uh, for like ladies' nights. There are like right. a couple of um, there are a few women that I met through. The Twitch community locally, who I didn't even realize how close they lived to, to me in real life. So we we are like actual in real life friends through the internet. Oh my god! Um, so we we met through the uh, I think through like the women's group and the Twitch, the local Twitch meetups and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they happened to enjoy Overwatch, all of them, and so they kind of pulled me back into it. And playing Overwatch with them is like th the optimal experience for me. It makes a huge like, difference when you have a pre-made team. Oh yeah, such yeah. a difference. Like I, I made, I pretty much built my channel mostly off like viewer games and stuff like that, which right. I. I love the I love doing viewer games for the experience of getting to know everyone else on the team, but it can be incredibly frustrating oh, hell yeah. in terms of the gameplay. Yeah. Not because like it's nothing against anyone you're playing with personally. It's just that your game styles do not mesh. And that's totally fine. But I feel like people don't recognize it for that 
reason if you suddenly say i'm choosing to not do viewer games today or whatever yeah everyone takes it personally they do and it's like it's it's not a personal issue i love every one of those people it's Mm. just they don't have a game style that complements mine so, or yeah, whatever. So I, it's not a, it's not as positive of an experience as you would like it to be, it, rather than just hanging out. I, I was very similar with uh, with Smite. Are you familiar with Smite? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I used to play Smite quite a bit, and um, mm-hmm. before I started streaming, I'd played with streamers and stuff, and then I started streaming it, and I gave it a go, and I likewise did viewer games, and I. I very quickly stopped playing smite after that <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like my viewers were like is it us and i was like no no it's not you <laughs> kind of thing it's me it's not it's not you i just need space the space just happens to be the same height depth that's and breadth of view <laughs> yeah that's actually literally exactly the same thing that happened to me with with hots recently because like after all the because you know i Hots was I I mean I was always a variety caster anyway so it mm. sounds weird to say that Hots was my main game but to be honest when I was I moved to the states for a while um working full time and it had to be my main game while I was working full time because who has time for other stuff when you're working full time like yeah. Hots was like the easy thing for a few hours after work to stream to just like kick that off and and not get like super invested in a really overarching experience or whatever um so yeah, it was my main game for a while and it was a lot easier when I was when I was in the west the western server region to be able to play that game. Mm, for um, sure. And and you know, a lot of my viewers came from that game through the Blizzard launcher and stuff like that. So there were so many different components that made that game right for me at the time when I was enjoying it most. I But I, then when I moved sorry, go back to Australia so when I moved back to Australia, though, um, our community here, like there, there's no there's no population to play the game. So I can't like if if I like in order to be able to play the game, I'm forced to play viewer games to have anyone to play the game with. Otherwise, matchmaking um, forever kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then and then if we do viewer games, we end up on the NA server, and then I get lag, and it's frustrating, and it's it's just not the same experience that I would have wanted it to be. So it's just kind of one of those, like I've, I haven't stopped playing it because I dislike the game. Mm. I had to pull away from it to just find other things that make me more happy right now. You know, like I I I wanted to stream hearts so much, but I just like, I liked it as a game. Obviously when it first came out, people were like, Oh, it's casual Mm -hmm. MOBA, like play Dota and play league instead. why I played HOTS because I didn't want to play 45 minute video games. Yeah, exactly. And I actually thought it was all right. You know, I thought the skill mm-hmm. ceiling was, you know, it, it was, there was definitely a lack of skill ceiling, as it were. But they, they, oh, I couldn't deal with the community. I honestly couldn't. The, the chat. Really? Yeah, like I, I'd be in games and people would oh, wait, throw wait, the games you, all the time. Were you on like, were you on like EU? No, I play NA because like. Still on NA. No, yeah, I I, I was playing. You can play on NA. Yeah. Yeah, right. um, and That's like seventy percent of my viewership is basically US based or North America based, and yeah, yeah, virtually same. all my streamer friends, uh, 
North America as well. I like. I think I yeah, know two people sense. in the UK, oddly, that stream as well, whereas I know like 50. There are 50. a lot of people East Coast as well that play, which would be better for you too. Mm. But, but yeah, like I, I definitely turned off, like even the, the Australian community was, I feel like it's because Australia also has a, a reputation of, of being larrikins and being like, you know, we we call each other the C word because we feel like it and it's yeah. like really endearing and whatever. And it's like, yeah, but it's actually not because that also translates into into our our online behavior sometimes where mm. like I would I would have to leave the general chat in hots as well in this region because people would just be being toxic to each other constantly. And like I don't know if you guys are joking and I don't care if you guys are joking because it's so exhausting. Yeah, for sure. Like, well, it's like, so the, tiring just seeing people have a go at each other all the time to the point where they're literally not moving because they're too busy using the keyboard to type to each other yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you're literally throwing the game because you're too busy telling some dude to fuck off like just get on yeah. with the game but yeah exactly i i had that experience with, with um hearts and with overwatch a little as well i actually was probably the opposite to yourself is with overwatch i actually enjoyed it more when it first came out and I had a lot more of a fun experience. And then as it progressed, I I basically needed to be in a pre-made with people I already knew. Otherwise, I just couldn't handle people. Like, I I, I, I was never bothered about yeah, I, losing games. I had a solo experience lately. That's why. Because, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm still too intimidated to go into it solo. Mm. I, I very much need someone to hold my hand whereas like in hots i got to the stage because i played it so much that i was comfortable enough to just kind of jump in on my own and if people in chat are like oh my god is that the real kid care again i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and then they're like oh maybe it's not and i'm like yeah nah. <laughs> um but yeah i i definitely feel that because I don't, I don't know if I played enough solo when it first came out to to know what I felt about it. It was so long ago, but yeah, definitely now I I don't know if I would jump in there by myself. Have you noticed the comparison to like some of the other Blizzard games, like WoW, StarCraft, Diablo, um, like the community, like particularly World of Warcraft? Blizzard but... games in general can have quite a toxic community. So yeah. basically, um, if I, and and I don't know why that is. I feel like it's it's just I feel like it's an affinity to people just having a deep seated need to constantly be a badass or something. Maybe. And it's like you don't need to do that. I think um, I think it's probably thinking about it now a case of like Blizzard Blizzard have fans. Like you you would never describe like EA as having fans. I know they're more of a publisher nowadays, but like you mm. wouldn't go, oh, we're, we're EA fans or whatever. You go, oh, we're Blizzard fans. You know, it's it's almost a cult following. And yeah. I, I think because of that, obviously the fans are a lot more like I'm I'm a Blizzard fanboy, always have been. And I think we as fanboys and fangirls are, are a lot more passionate about it. And then you've got like the vocal minority where the people that are really cool and just love the game are quiet and just enjoy the game silently mm -hmm. and then the crazy people who are constantly shouting and just being angry oh, about yeah. everything they're yeah, only they're definitely. only a small group but because they're so loud they kind of overwhelm the rest and i think that's potentially what it is maybe 
Well, like it, it's it's kind of basically the the community is like riddled with memes. Mm. It's like been around so long that like the memes are so deep seated that you can't just not meme at all times. Like right. if if you take for example someone who's new to World of Warcraft versus and this is like a personal experience I had, right? So like you take your experience as being new to World of Warcraft, you're going through the barrens, you're asking people questions, you're new to the game, you love the game, you want to know more about it. You're like, where's where's Mancrick's wife or whatever? And it's just memes and people just being like, let's read the quest, you dickhead. Yeah. And like, yeah, Baron's oh, chat and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Take Final Fantasy fourteen online. Jump into that community. Everyone wants to help you. To find your way around. Tell me what your experience is. It's so different. Like I, um, one of the ladies locally that I was talking about, Mimi, who's who's one of my dear friends, she is obsessed with this game. She radiates wholesomeness when she's in and around and talking about this game. It's ridiculous. Like she's literally like the sun blaring in my eyes with love hearts and rainbows. It's disgusting in it's, the best way. It is definitely um, a, so, a big difference yeah. between the two though. Yeah, so she got me in more into the game again because I think I originally kind of tried having a look at it a while back and was like, oh, I don't know, I still kind of prefer WoW. Like WoW is like my home base, you yeah. know. Um, so I, I felt like a bit uncomfortable with it. But then uh, I I subscribed again just before BlizzCon because it was during that period where because it was pre-BlizzCon, they were like, we're going to save all of our next announcements for BlizzCon. There was like a bit of a dip mm. of content. Um, so I was like, stuff it. I'm going to subscribe to Final Fantasy. I'm going to play this game. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, my friend is part of like this really uh, prominent community. I don't know what name they actually go by, but like I think Enrage Gaming are like one of the prominent people who who lead that community. Right. Um, but they they like raided me and invited me to their free company. I think they invited me to the free company. Then they raided me on Twitch as they added me to the free company. And while I was paying attention to Twitch and everyone spamming the absolute shit out of my chat, the entire free company or guild um, found me in game right. from the stream, found out where I was in game came and started like trading me free stuff, giving me money, dancing around me, saying, yelling welcome at me. Like it was the most overwhelmingly positive experience I've had in a game in a very long time. It is, like community wise, it was like really overwhelming. It, it is a stark difference. Like I've heard stories, like I've got my own stories from World of Warcraft where, you know, I've met cool people, I've had a great time. Oh, hell But yes. like even in the, the simple instances where say i was just streaming world of warcraft people would come in new to the community and would be like do this do that do this do that whereas when i streamed uh, fans 14 they would be like oh cool you, you look like you're having fun this bit's great and it was like oh you're you're not actually backseat gaming you're occasionally yeah. offering help you're and stuff like that and yeah. yeah and it's 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 completely different vibe um and i i Again, a bit like you, I first tried it, I think, a few years ago, but again, before I started streaming, because a friend in real life was like, try it. I tried it on PlayStation, and I ended up being like this giant beef castle of a man with a spear and a turban, and I was just like, I, <laughs> I feel a bit weird right now, kind of thing. And the, the leveling up experience wasn't that great for me. And then I, I yeah. thought, bugger it, I'll, I'll, I got a free trial, tried it on PC. And honestly, the 
the leveling up experience was still a bit grindy, but I enjoyed the gameplay and I kept at it because of the community that would come in and say hi and like join me on my leveling up runs and stuff like that. And it, it made that experience so much more enjoyable. And it, it is yeah. crazy how to, such a similar game has total, totally polar opposites almost in terms of community. And I, I, yeah, I, exactly. It's a shame because Blizzard games are so dope. And the community yeah, hurts I, it so I, much. <laughs> I know, I know. And and it's kind of, it's one of those things that it's like, what can anyone do about that? You know, like it's it's like as, it's it's like anything toxic, right? Mm. Like everyone's like, what what can we do about, like what, what what can we do about that? And it's like, well, we can just be like the one person out of 500 who aren't toxic yeah. or aren't judgmental. Or whatever and it's like okay cool that might rub off on one other person every 10 years <laughs> like you know what i mean but but then but then it's like okay at a company level what can we do oh let's ban everyone who's just mildly toxic that's not going to work like yeah. it takes it takes so much and and we don't want that to happen like we don't want to bring down a company that makes awesome games that we all love so much yeah just for the sake of you know, that, that's why we just use the ignore thing. It's, 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 <laughs> it's going to be a case of they, the, the company or, or Blizzard or the developer in the case of other games as well, they're going to have to find a way to educate their player base and be like, this is how you're not a shitty human being kind of thing. Like, just yeah. enjoy the game. And it's, kind of, it's kind of like how, and the thing is, I, I know I don't have, the solutions right mm. because like i've i've been like at ea i was a community manager for like five years i was a community manager at, at bandai after that when i moved to the states and it's still something that is so difficult to do well given um people's expectations yeah. and stuff like that like you, there's always just an unfortunate series of events that can occur that can completely break any good faith that you've that you've made and it's it's like no one's fault it's just a culmination of unfortunate things that occur that culminate in this really negative experience for people um that no one can really do anything about other than give a pr answer that is expected of them <laughs> like right, that is right. literally the only option that that there is available to do um and that's not going to make people happy and then you have to start from square one again and it's like okay cool how do we how do we turn an angry bunch of picketers into a caring, loving, like into a community that is caring and loving to each other. Yeah. You and can't because they're so focused on just being angry about shit all it, the fucking time. It gets to the point where you're doomed if you do, you're doomed if you don't kind of thing. It's like, okay, yeah. we apologize. And it's like, well, that's a, that's a non-apology, which sometimes is, you know, it's right. Sometimes it is just a blatant skirting yeah, around it. But Of course. It, it, it is very difficult. But even if it wasn't, it would still not be what people want to hear yeah some people are always going to be p perpetually angry aren't they yeah like with, with the whole like blizzard in china thing i was i was on the fence about it like i saw some of your tweets and i think you were definitely a lot more forgiving than the vast majority whereas i sounded forgiving mm. i sounded forgiving the reason for that is because like They've done so much for me and I know people who still work there who are yeah. such wonderful human beings who were being punished for stuff that was not their fault. Yeah. And someone in chat recently actually came in and said, um, 
and which which like it it kind of brings to light the whole thing, right? This person came in and said, um, I think it was like uh like the the guy knew the rules, but also um like the guy the guy knew going in what his punishment would be, but also I think the punishment was too harsh. Yeah. And I'm like literally no one disagrees with you. Yeah. The issue is how people expressed that was the problem because it was just black and white the whole time. Yeah. It was just like either everything or nothing at all. And that's why I sounded more forgiving because it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it, the thing is, if I don't sound more forgiving, then it makes my two friends who are super extremist about it happy. Right. It doesn't make me happy. I'm not happy condemning my friends who had nothing to do with it. Of course, and like, like in in my opinion, I was like, for example, um, is it Jay Allen Brack? Uh, mm. I thought his apology was quite sincere, and at BlizzCon, yeah, I I genuinely yeah. thought it was quite sincere, and I saw a lot of comments about people going, "Oh, they, he didn't even mention China." It was like, well, at the end of the day, they are a business, and. And also it was an opening statement at their biggest event of the year. Yeah. And and watching it might not have even been privy to what was happening. Exactly. So it's like, it, that. that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what he said or in what way he said it. There would have always been people who were angry about it and expect a company to, to take some kind of political stance. And like, honestly, I'm even a little bit disappointed that, like, politicians started getting in on it too because yeah. they – they saw the opportunity in the public getting outraged about a thing and then jumped on board with that to be in favour of the public who were outraged about the thing. Yeah, and when secretly, you know, they have no idea what the fuck is going on. I, yeah. but, I mean, I don't know if they did. I don't, I don't know if they didn't, but that was yeah. the impression that I had about it. And then there were, like, there were people who... Um, I also saw another company, like this is what I'm talking about, these like mob mentalities and the hate trains and things like this. It just drives me nuts because I even saw another company come out and be like, um, we hate that, like paraphrasing, we hate that this is happening and and screw you, Blizzard, for making this decision. And so because we feel so strongly about it, we're going to pay for all of his winnings and all of this stuff. And everyone's like, wow, yeah, you guys are amazing. That's right. Yeah, like this company's awesome. Literally the next tweet in the thread of their own tweet was, by the way, we have a free to play game. Maybe you should try it. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, and everyone here's our marketing. completely <laughs> ignored the fact that they literally just plugged their game after making this political statement about all of this shit. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? That you that you are just going to forego that just because of the what the first tweet had in it? Like, do you see marketing one hundred and one? Isn't it? Do you not see this? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just so frustrating to see. It's crazy as well because obviously, like you said, people see it as black and white, and they'll just go, "Okay, well, it was because it was about Hong Kong and China." It should have been allowed. And it's like, no, he he broke rules. <laughs> like at the end of the day, there were there were rules that were broken, and that's that's why I was still kind of on the side of, of Blizzard with it, like personally, because at the end of the day, they wear rules not to do like divisive shit like that. So, and like, and yeah, I mean, like it, the it's like yeah, the when you when you look at it objectively, it's like yes, the way things were handled was scuff. Oh yeah, because in that situation, like. 
who the fuck was expecting that to happen? Mm. Can you imagine the the fire that was instantly lit under hundreds of production people's assholes yeah, when that yeah. occurred? Like, yeah, it's going to be handled pretty bad originally. Like, <laughs> good luck for, with anyone handling that situation gracefully. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like. I would definitely expect a little bit of panic. I do think they rushed is... into it and there should have been some more damage control, I think. Oh, 100%. But, but that's the thing, right? It's like there is no sentient robot that exists to give uh the most optimal response to any given situation. Yeah, for sure. These 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 productions and these companies are not run by perfect robots. They're run by human fucking beings <laughs> who are also equally conflicted with what is happening as everyone else who's watching it happen. It would be nice though. Just like hold humans, you're losing your shit kind of thing. It's like, oh yeah, wait, exactly. we are. We should probably chill. Let's be funny, <laughs> be objective about this situation. I am analyzing everyone's potential reactions to what's about to happen. This is the most optimal outcome. Proceed. But whatever you do, don't apologize, but apologize all at the same time. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> But, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it was a, a really shitty situation for them. But on a positive note, Diablo 4. Oh, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about this with you because you still, seem stoked I'm for I'm still it. out of my mind that everyone actually legitimately thought that the game wasn't in development all last year. Like, Yeah, on. like there was so like, many are leaks. Are you kidding me? You guys like, knew. Not even leaks. Like literally... They were hiring and they were like, we're hiring for Diablo <laughs> kind of thing. And it was all over the, the website and people were like, oh, like no, everyone, they're like, only doing like the mobile. Like everyone last year who was like, what do you mean you're doing a mobile game instead of 4? And it's like, are you really that daft that you think yeah. that they're not working on 4? That and honestly that blew just, my board. And that they're just like, no, we legitimately thought Diablo Mobile would be the best idea ever. It is an excellent move, not going to lie. The game is wonderful and it and it plays so fucking well it is an excellent mobile experience mm. and i even thought so last year at blizzcon when i played the demo this year it was even better however like the fact that people were so mad that they didn't at least hint that they were working on it when you already knew well yeah. fucking well that they were already working on it like get off your high horse the thing bastards. is the, the worst of people who genuinely believed they were only making a mobile game like the, the people would come into my chat and they'd be like oh they're only making a fucking mobile and it's like no they, they've literally said they're making multiple games all at all at once yeah they, they've came out and said it <laughs> they just so haven't hard. said the number four and they're like no no it's all bullshit i'm like what what do you mean it's bullshit like why would they pretend they're making other games yeah 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 but i i am very glad that they announced it and i think Honestly, the announcement was amazing because i i'm a massive diablo 2 fan and diablo 1 fan so i'm all about the diablo lore. i don't think i'm I, I don't think that i'm as much of a fan as as other games that's mm. just me personally but I, I we did have like the diablo 2 land parties in my in my dining room and stuff as kids. And it was, it's definitely one of the games that's made me feel closer to like my cousin and stuff like that. Right. And how we went about it. But I, I, and I definitely understand everyone's fandom around it. And I'm super, that I feed off that excitement for four. Have definitely. You, have you read the books? No, no. See, that's the thing is like law wise, I'm, 
and I, I don't I don't know if this is like related to like my my social stuff or I've I don't know I've never been diagnosed with anything but there's just certain idiosyncrasies about myself that I notice but like stuff like law I find really difficult to um to like remember um like I like I enjoy I I love I love the experience of going on a journey through story and experiencing the law but oftentimes when I come out the other end I might not necessarily remember which dark lord said what and which character said this or the other you know what i mean more of you enjoy its presence but it doesn't really sink in kind of thing yeah and that that happens with a lot of things in my life like i don't necessarily that's why i take so many people get annoyed sometimes at people taking photos and recording things on video and stuff especially in like the gram age but as i said with my other instagram account when i was going through it i didn't even remember half that shit happened it's like you need these photos (laughs) yeah Yeah. And I, uh, like, you know, I remember things. I kind of remember the, I remember the feeling of certain things, but I don't, I don't remember like the actual thing occurring or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's the same of what I experienced with law. So I don't, I don't know like a lot of in-depth stuff about it, but I appreciate the world. Yeah. Especially when, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the, the Diablo cinematics are always ahead of the other franchises in a way like this they're a slightly different style but every time they've done diablo cinematics they're always like super visceral and like realistic oh my god like lilith looked dope the giant statue even that they went with it like i i can't tell you how pleased i was to see them especially because lately blizzard kind of went the route of um like you know, they had they had like Mr. Pandaria and like mm. that kind of thing happened, and and then um, you know WoW started getting a little bit lighter, and it has that really nice like welcoming, little bit cartoony feel and stuff yeah. like that. Um, they they went you know Hearthstone happened, and that's like super bright and colorful and wonderful, and then Overwatch came out, and that's super bright and wonderful, and has like that kind of Disney mouth feel to it. Yeah. Um, and even so Diablo it three, was, like it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it was it's still quite gory. Yeah, like everything had bloom. Like there was no, yeah, no so it was darkness at all. Really <laughs> wonderful to see them go back to like the roots of what Diablo is, and like yeah. get really dark and get really visceral and get really grotesque and like make the shit R rated. Like mm. people who play Diablo one are fucking adults. Like, give the adults that ex- that really like gritty experience, and they like really, really went there with it. It is awesome. Like, I'm incredibly happy about it. I've always understood it as well because, obviously, like you say, like the folks that the the hardcore players, the hardcore community, are the the folks that played Diablo one and two, and are as you said, adults now. But at the same uh, point, it's it's a case of well. We're a very small group, frankly. Kind of thing. Like they they want to make sales and sales at the end of the day. So expands too because mm. because people might have not been as interested in Diablo because they didn't know anything about it and they and it was just kind of like oh it's another one I can I can play this other game whatever. But like I feel I feel like Diablo one and two were they were at that level of of grotesque and darkness and stuff. But now we have the technology mm. to really show you. 
to really like show how fucked up people are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you playing this game? Because people keep exploding. Yeah, right. I was saying this about about the cinematic, like who the fuck sits in a room and they're like, listen, hear me out. What about this? So three guys go into a crypt, sacrifice themselves, blood comes out of their body like aliens and weaves this intricate tapestry that becomes a cape and then a woman is born from it and she's made of blood and it's like, like who the fuck goes into a room and comes up with this shit? The thing is, the craziest thing is, they were probably in a room, and that one person made that suggestion, and someone was like, "I had that same idea. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's make this game." It was so like, it was so cringe, cringy, but like breathtaking at the same time. Mm. Like it, it definitely it had like really cliche. I think it. I think is the best word for it. Rather than cringy, I think it was a bit cliche. Like, oh, she's big, angry. Like she. The only thing that could have made her more cliche is if she had a giant collar sticking up from the cape, kind of thing. Um, I didn't think it was. I was so surprised by it. But then I'm not really. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a little bit naive of me not being so much in that. Um, that realm. When I say, like, I don't. To clarify, when I say cliche, I mean more in the, like it. It, it kind of re- reminded me of like Bram Stoker's Dracula kind of thing. That's that's probably why I see like for mm. me, like I'm not part of like that type of media, I guess, or right. like the you know, um, although that you know that I haven't gone deep into like those kind of interests that other people have. Right. So for me, it was just like I've never seen anything like this before. Mm. Oh my god, it's amazing. Whereas for some people, they might have been like, I'm super into this, but also I'm seeing hints of like all of these things that could have informed it. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's always nice to have like no, no, pop culture references, as it were. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I was so down. I I loved like all nine minutes as well. Like that's a trailer. <laughs> that's that's a mm-hmm. movie. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And the gameplay and stuff like that. I was, I was very, very happy. Like I, I enjoyed Diablo 3. I did. I promise. Were you at BlizzCon? Uh, no, I've never been to BlizzCon, unfortunately. Oh, you have to come with me one year. One year, I will endeavor Let to do so. I just, I just did that vlog recently to show you what what is at BlizzCon. If you wanna, if you wanna have a secondhand experience. Well, to be fair, like I, every time people go and they're like, "Oh, check this out, Brian," I'm like, "Okay, okay," and then I'm like, "I hate you," <laughs> like because I wasn't there and I want to be there because I'm a massive Blizzard fanboy. Um, yeah. Well, one one year, I I I feel like you'll go. I mean, I it's kind of it's kind of a hard situation because I feel like this year's one was was the best one for a long time, but we'll we'll see. It, it would have definitely been up there for me because of the whole Diablo thing for oh, sure. Yes. The only issue for me is obviously being in the UK. Um, if if it wasn't still if TwitchCon that was uh, that is is it wasn't still at San Diego and it was maybe closer to Anaheim. Like I, that I, one year. Yeah. Was then I would probably Long just Beach. have an extended holiday. Whereas now because that's what that's what we did last year, wasn't it? 
it was in San Jose. Yeah, because uh, uh, that was when I met you, and you were like, "Yeah, we're now going to BlizzCon." And I, again, like I, I, I think I was about to get on the plane because uh, I stayed an extra day in San Jose, and I was like, "Do you want to get some food?" Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, we, we've got to get ready for BlizzCon," and I was like, "I hate you." <laughs> so, like, I, I, I want to go to BlizzCon. Obviously, yeah, I don't hate you, right. but yeah, yeah, I, I would love to do BlizzCon. Would thoroughly enjoy it. I think. I've always heard it's yeah. quite a fun convention yeah. as well. Yeah, there's so much there's so much to do that you don't see, which is why it was so awesome. So so this year, um, the the Blizzard Australia and New Zealand team sent me, mm. which I was so grateful for because as I said, it was it was like one of the best BlizzCons I've been to. So I was so I was fully expecting to just, I was like, listen, if you guys have like a local activation you want me to do for, you know, we can live stream it and we can do all this stuff. I'll host a party for you guys. Like, let's go. Like, I'm down. Like, you, you know, I'm, I'm working within budget here. I'm happy to sit in my pajamas and just <laughs> watch, watch with my virtual ticket, you know, yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. And they were like, no, listen, it was like two weeks in advance. They're like, no, when your tickets are booked. And I'm like, what do you mean my tickets are booked? <laughs> like, farewell. Like, we're going to BlizzCon. I'm like, what? <laughs> So I was, it was a big surprise and I'm, I'm super grateful to them for that. And they sent me to make that content to kind of bring a little bit of, of what it's like for us little Aussies to be able to get over there because it's not, it's not super common for us. It's so far away. Mm. The, the flights are like a grand each way. It's ridiculous. I know that feels so, so much. Like it's yeah, not quite as far for me, but it's, it's expensive. Quite. Yes, exactly. There, there are something like even even here from Melbourne to Sydney. My partner lives in Sydney, and try, even just trying to fly from Melbourne to Sydney can be expensive. Oh, um, I, I was talking to my friend Bruce uh, again in his, in his podcast, and mm. he was asking me like how much it, it would cost and things, and I was explaining that I would get public transport to major cities. Like I th this year for TwitchCon, I actually flew to LAX and then got the two hour train from LAX to San Jose. Mm. Because that two-hour train saved me literally like two hundred pound, which is about wow. three hundred Australian rupees, I believe, something like that. <laughs> um, and then e even just changing it from uh, Nottingham, which is the city I live in, uh, to yeah. London Heathrow, which involved getting a coach for four hours, so six additional hours of travel and plus wait times and whatnot. That mm. saved me a couple of grand. So That's my my ticket went from two hundred. Two and a half thousand, I think it was, to three hundred and fifty quid. Yeah. And for us that that trip when we met you, I think that trip for us was upwards of like ten thousand oh, dollars. Which is why everyone was like, Are you coming this year? And I'm and like, the, Yeah, yeah no. you're like, No, no. <laughs> I was in the unfortunate situation where we had spent that much on this trip and of course it's all business expenses but i couldn't claim anything because mm. i don't earn over the threshold in australia so i don't i i didn't pay taxes this year so i had nothing to deduct right so i was just at a ten thousand dollar loss taxes as a content creator crazy it's, like it is it's hard even it's, finding info on it is money. hard like if, oh, if yeah, you're in the US, there is no info. they don't understand it. Well, the thing is, if you're in the US, there's loads of people who are like, oh yeah, this is this is like my friend Bob. He's a streamer accountant. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, Do you know yeah. anyone in the UK? And they're like, what's the UK? And I'm like, God damn it, yeah. <laughs> what's accounting? What <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, so it, hard. There are there are accountants here who are trying to understand the landscape of it, mm. 
but then but then they're like oh yeah we want to we want to you know be able to help streamers with their taxes and stuff and i'm like oh okay great how much do you charge oh five hundred dollars yeah good luck with that yeah it's like <laughs> good talk we should do this again sometime bye <laughs> right yeah it's, it, what i've been finding is not only do they charge like regular amounts kind of thing as it were but they also don't know what could and couldn't be deducted and stuff like that and it's like oh okay mm -hmm. could i deduct this I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm paying you exorbitant amounts of money to not say maybe. Like, I need the yes and yeah. the no. I could have said maybe. That's why I'm paying you. <laughs> like, and uh, it, like, I don't know if I wanted to do a sole trader or if I wanted to make a limited company. What would be the benefits of of both kind of thing? It's and even being a creator a is hard. To that stuff out is, is hard. Yeah, exactly. And at the moment, I've just been burying my head in the sand about it. Like I will, I will fix it one day. Kind of thing. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> just, just panicking. But it, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that as creators, a lot of people don't really realize as well. Because obviously, yeah, the, the the obvious trope of oh, you just play games all day, and it's like, well, actually, I'm literally managing a company on my I own. I had to, yeah, I had to cut down my streaming hours significantly because <laughs> you you will burn the candle at both ends, and mm. you will burn out. So, like, yeah. I I used to stream most days. Like, I'm I'm a full time streamer who now streams three days a week. Like, right. what does that tell you? That's and ridiculous. You do need the time off as well, and it it always worries me when i see yeah, friends who need, are like six days a week off. you need the time to make content elsewhere if you have any hope of you know still of of retaining one's influence as it were mm. um and you need the t you need if you if you don't make enough money to pay someone to do that for you then you have to do it all yourself you have to do your own taxes you have to edit your own videos you have to do all of your own seo you have to do all of your social media management. You have to do all of your uh, sponsorship deals. You have to trade emails at three in the morning on all of that stuff. Like there is no one else to do that with you. Um, exactly. And I, I don't think people see a lot of that, like the preparation that goes into. I got so lucky yesterday. I wasn't even planning. So yesterday I streamed um, Fallen Jedi Fallen Order. Right. Um, how How is that, by I the way? It is, oh, my God, that's amazing. I don't know if you saw my tweets about it today, but I was just like, if you haven't played the game, you need to play the game. So, I mean, they, I, I got lucky because I got a code for it. But it's right. like the – and, and that's, that's what I was about to say was I um, I was fully intending because Pokemon came out, Jedi Fallen Order came mm. out, um, there are there's like an overwatch update there's like a whole there's a, a death whole bunch stranding. of stuff that happened yeah death stranding came out and um i'm at the position now where my channel's probably at the is at the lowest it's been since before i got partnered right um which is for a lot of reasons mm. it's not it doesn't necessarily bother me it's just like i have to look at it realistically right yeah, like of course. i i want to be able to you know, maintain my relationship with my partner. I have to go visit him. I'm investing money in building a voiceover booth to be able to have supplemental income to streaming. I don't want to leave streaming, but I but I'm putting my my funds into preparing for for my future and stuff like that. Yeah, so you're I was smart. like, well, um, if if this stuff is happening, I'm yeah, I'm going to be smart. I'm expecting that I'm not going to be able to play Jedi Fallen Order. I'm not going to be able to play Pokemon. I'll enjoy other people.
playing it. Like I've been watching Death, Death Stranding streams. It's been awesome. Mm. Um, but I got really lucky yesterday where um, uh, I just saw one of my friends reply to a tweet from a guy who I originally hired at EA like years ago. <laughs> right. um, he recently just moved to Sweden and it turns out his new role is is like creator relations right and he was asking who wants access to jedi fallen order you're like pick me pick me i hired you <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> like you owe me I, I can't, <laughs> it was, no not at all i was just i'm i'm so i was so like happy to see that he yeah. made that move for himself and he like created that opportunity for himself it's awesome but i was just but i was like one of those streamers who was like hello i'm interested yes, please. <laughs> um and and he sent me a message and was like he was like hell yeah like gave gave me access to it and it was i was not at all planning to like play the game yesterday and then it was like from the time that um you know i got the code to stream time it was like 2 p.m and i'm like okay i have this code am i gonna do a cosplay no i'm not gonna do a cosplay it's fine i'll just play the game no i really need to do a cosplay Your i did a cosplay, cosplay for battlefront 2 we have to do one so literally in within two hours i was like okay what have i got for a cosplay well sith is easiest right all right awesome mm. i have all this stuff that i can use realized that uh, the clothing I was planning to use, I had cleaned out in my spring cleaning like an <laughs> idiot because I didn't ask myself the question of, can I cosplay with this? Right, just, right. Was like, I never wear this. I'm throwing it out. Like, what an idiot. Don't do that. Ask yourself the question if you can use it for content. Don't be like Kerry. Um, <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. I still have time. Made the trip to Spotlight, got a piece of material for, for a cloak and like came home, scuffed something together. Um, and because I'm a professional content creator, recorded the experience of me hurriedly trying to like <laughs> put this thing together so that I have, you know, supplemental content on YouTube for the thing that I did on Twitch. Like this is the, the stuff that we need to do. This is what we pull out of our ass on the day. And before all of that happened, I was organizing two other sponsored opportunities, you know, on email up to the T, like literally within half an hour of me going live, I'm trying to also manage these emails. Like this is the life that we live. And and people don't even think about it. It's not even a case that they don't see no. it. It's just like, okay, you, you've, you've pressed the start button. You are now streaming. You're now playing the game. You've now ended the broadcast. You're going to sleep. You're going to eat. No, we're going to weep in the fetal position because we have to do our taxes <laughs> and then our networking and then our business emails. Oh, so many business emails. I mean, like, <laughs> like all the can, things. I mean, you if you choose to, you can have your streaming experience be, yes, I just want to go live and, and share and play some games. Yeah. That's, that's how I started. That's how I started streaming. I didn't really think of it as like, I am a content creator and I make videos for this reason. But mm. now my business has evolved. It, 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 that's the thing. It evolved. It became a business. I, I started realizing how much I loved different aspects of the work. Yeah. Of what I was doing. And so I turned it into something that, yes, it's that busy and it's overwhelming and whatever, but I need to work with that to to establish with myself how much time I can give to each thing and be realistic about how much time I should be giving to each thing. So I'm still very much full time, but I had to cut down to part time 
hours to be able to facilitate everything else, as in part-time hours being live, yeah. to be able to facilitate everything else that goes on in the background to support me being able to do that. Mm. And, and that's, as someone who works full-time, that's something I, I struggle with quite a lot because my entire like day when the sun is out is consumed by fixing people's IT technical problems for the company mm -hmm. I work for. I then come home and then I can only stream to a certain time because one, I need to sleep. Then I have to do things between sleeping and working like the networking, yes. the, and that was, all that of the was stuff. Me for a long time. So yeah, yeah, like during the week, I only actually stream for like three hours in the evenings. Um, and you do notice how much of an impact cutting down your hours can have. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost quite scary. Um, and then that's why on the weekends I, I tend to go ham and end up awake until silly o'clock in the morning. Um, but, and then you burn out and you're like, why am I tired? Yeah, and it's like I've developed insomnia. What's going on? I, I have medical issues <laughs> yeah, and now. It's like because you don't use your weekend, mm. <laughs> you know? Like I, I've, I, when I first started as well, because when you first start, you, you kind of enjoy it in a bizarrely sadistic sounding way. Um, because you're like, oh, I, I'm doing my own business. I'm doing all this. I'm actually, you know, enjoying being my own boss. And then you're like, wait, I've been doing this for the past 42 hours. I can't feel my face. Maybe I should, like, yeah. bring it down a notch kind of thing. And getting yourself out of that habit is very difficult to do because it's it becomes so a routine. Hard, yeah. And then, of course, you've got the fears. And it's like, if I'm not doing the content, then I'm losing people or I'm losing income. And, you know, I, I'm obviously still work full time. So I've got the backup of if I don't stream, I still can afford food and put it on my table kind of thing. I have that because I have parents. Right, right. And Whereas... I'm very well aware of how lucky I am mm. to have that because so many people either don't have parents, don't have the support of their parents. You know, they're just out there on their own and that's the path that they've chosen to take and, and whatever. And I chose I chose to take that path. I moved overseas. And mm. then I realized how much I missed my parents and I hated everything. And so I just came, I just quit my job and moved back and was like, I can't do it. I need to be home with my family. I, I can't handle it. And they just fully supported me kind of going to, I, I feel like they, they always knew that I wasn't meant for a conventional career i guess right. like um in that in that corporate environment kind of thing like it's just kind of not for me like i have to i i very much thrive being able to set my own schedule be my own boss that kind of stuff and and work with and work with others in a capacity that suits me so like when when you asked me to do this podcast right i was like fuck yeah i want to do a podcast with you yeah. you're awesome like let's let's do it i'd love to have a chat but if i but if if I felt differently, I could have very well have said, you know what, I kind of have a lot going on right now. I don't know. You know, I have the power to say that. Of course. I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's a nice um, power to have as well. Yeah. But, I mean, now the struggle is, of course, I I went through a period of so much anxiety earlier this year where, like, I literally couldn't fall asleep at night without being shocked awake with, like, what if something happens to my parents tomorrow? Mm. Oh, my God, what are you doing with your life? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I had, I, I had legitimate fear. Like, my biggest fear in life is losing my parents. And I feel so empathetic towards anyone who has experienced that because I honestly have no fucking clue what I would do. I have right. no idea. It still terrifies me, but at least now being on a path to be able, 
like like you know dad and I working together on a plan to be able to set myself up for that hello it me being 32 um (laughs) uh which is fine you have your whole life to work shit out um and you know if I had to of course I would pick up a part-time job somewhere with more stable income like it's you know you do what you have to do humans do that they adapt um so I'm I'm taking liberty of the fact that I'm I'm I have the opportunity to be able to build up something that I will love and that I I love every work and stuff like that. So we're working together to build a a like a whisper room. Okay. A voiceover booth now yeah. like literally next to my streaming desk. So um you know and that's something that I'm I'm ready to hustle for. Like I know that that type of work is definitely a hustle, right. but having having a booth available at your disposal at all times of the day is a massive advantage. Oh, for sure. Know? Like you don't, um, you don't have to be I like, love... Oh, let's go to the studio. That doesn't exist. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I, and I just love doing that work. I love it so much. And I only realized that I loved it or that it was even something I could do through streaming because I would like when I'm reading game text or whatever, I would just habitually be an idiot about it. And just people go into character. Would, yeah, exactly. Go into character and people would, people in chat would be like, was that the game or was that you? That was really good. Like, <laughs> and people now they just keep randomly coming into the stream being like, you should do voice acting and stuff like that. And I'm like, if the, if, if the general public are just throwing that idea at me, then there has to be something there. Yeah, for Obviously, sure. it's something that is rudimentary and I need to work on and I need to develop. And I'm, I'm working people to develop more of those skills, but I do love it so much. It does seem like something that would be really fun. Like, I, like obviously, I'm British, so I, I, have, I, I come equipped with a British accent. And oh, yeah. a, a lot of my viewers... Um, remark on the way I speak and the tone of my voice because it can be quite baritone. And they'll, they'll say things like, Brian, I can listen to you all day. And I'll be like, it's very nice. I love it. Yeah. But a lot of them have also gone, you should do voice acting. I'll be like, but I would only do the same voice, mine, <laughs> kind of thing. Because yeah. I, 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 I get embarrassed Fine, almost. Like, even if you do, that's that's the beautiful thing about it is even if you do character acting, if mm. your voice lends itself well to to characters with a similar vocal type then yeah. that's awesome i would love to do like voice where where i could just utilize my own voice i could put a lot of character behind it i used to be quite big in the whole acting thing but when it comes mm. into um doing different voices i always just go for like really like cheesy like oh i'm just gonna go randomly high pitched with the poops and giggles oh, ah, that kind of thing. it's like too, what but that, but that's the thing is is like i because there's a, there's a spectrum of character acting though. Mm. Like there are people who who do um you know cartoons and stuff that have this incredible range of character vocal types that they can do, but there right. are also people who have quite like like everyone knows um what's her name? Who Laura? She did Jaina. Uh yes. <laughs> Hang on. Laura Bailey. Laura right. Bailey. So like every time and and I don't even I I never pick her voice and I love this shit, but I always have people in chat being like, oh my God, is that Laura Bailey? She did this voice too. Oh my God, it's Jaina. And it's like 
so you're telling me she sounds very similar in like a lot of things that she does, but mm. the but the character is different, the intention is different, and the tone might be a little bit different. Like I I tend to always notice uh, Matthew Mercer. That's someone who I um, mm-hmm. pick up a lot. Like when I was playing uh, Pillars of Eternity for the first time, I was like, I recognize this voice. And then someone was like, yeah, yeah me too. And I was like, wait a second, pause his game, pause his stream, Google's immediately kind of thing. I was like, it's him, it's Matthew Mercer. Um, it's that man. But exactly. It, I imagine it's something that would also take a lot of training. to Because to, obviously, I, from an amateur point of view, I, I imagine the, the way you speak, you probably, when you're trying to act a role or act a character, mm to someone who does it professionally might seem unnatural to them. Like, I, I think I, I, I recall Matthew Mess actually discussing it once. Like, someone read the back of a box and, it, and they were like, okay, read it as if you, you mean it and you're not just sound like you're reading instructions. And it sounded, mm-hmm. it sounded fake. It sounded obvious that they were trying to put on the character. And it, Yeah, I, it's practice like, for I, sure. Like... How do you train for that, you know? Because obviously it's practice, but it's like, who, who tells you when you're doing it wrong? You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing. You have, to, you have to practice with people, and that's, mm. the, that's the hard thing about it. And that's why I value um, – there's, there's a guy who I met when I was actually studying. I have a, I have a degree in games animation from right. before I was working at EA in customer service. Um, <laughs> uh, and when I was studying, I was a, I was a part of the, the IGDA, the International Game Developers Association. They had, um, I think they still do have, have meetings and stuff in town. I should go and hang out with them again now that I'm actually in Australia. I kind of cut myself off from everyone for a while because I was like, I'm pitiful and have no idea what I'm doing and I don't want to, it's kind of like that school reunion situation. Like I don't want to go to the school reunion and show how, how little I've come in my life like what do you mean everyone's like I'm the director of x studio now and you're like I play video games um I like how you've got an optimistic view of your past like (laughs) school like friends whereas if I went to one I'd be like you're all either pregnant or in jail or both at the same time (laughs) like I that's what I don't want to go because I I'd hate half of them kind of thing so I I like that you're quite optimistic about them like oh yeah they're all directors now that's fabulous (laughs) I love that um I try to be optimistic about people uh but yeah then so at those meetings I met a guy called Kevin Powell and he's now um one of like the more prominent um, voice actors that we have in Australia. Right. And he runs monthly workshops. Well, I guess they're, they're not so much, uh, yeah, I suppose it's kind of like a workshop, but it's kind of like a, it's like a play group that we do online. Um, okay. So it's, it's a group of us and him and we'll choose scripts that we want to perform on the day and he'll kind of direct us through the scripts and give us tips and like, um, give us ideas on how to think about intention differently or the setting or mm. like what would the character be thinking about and and help to teach you how to um, get into that space and how to, especially because you're not generally with, with voice work, obviously you're not on camera most of the time. Like even right. though you're still acting, there are also things that you can do to to push a little bit further to make sure that it actually comes through in your voice like still actually animating yeah you don't have the subtleties of 
that you do in like a close-up on film, right? So you right. have to kind of push a little bit further to be able to get that to come through vocally. Um, so like you can get quite animated, like you're standing out. I did a workshop recently as well with uh, with Amy Smith, who's another voice actress from from Australia, who does a lot of she does a lot of indie games and stuff as well. Right. Um, and she had a phenomenal workshop uh, where we she gave us like an actual audition to do. It was like a real game audition um and we were in a professional studio and got to perform those those lines in front of 12 other people mind you like yeah um and she would be kind of directing us and we could give it like you know the students could give each other feedback it was really interesting to see everyone else's takes on their characters and things like that but you can get like really active in there there was like a line where obviously the character was casting some kind of incantation or something so you are in the booth literally casting a spell like a fucking dark mage yeah yeah and like and and really like putting it out there to get the the emphasis in the words and things like that it's really fun it is so fun um so yeah i definitely value those experiences of like i i will work my schedule around being at those play groups anytime i can because it's so valuable and I think being in a group obviously can make it a lot more fun as well. Like if, if it was one-on-one, I imagine it would probably, it would feel like tutelage kind of thing and probably a bit more awkward. But if you're just with people also, having a bit of a laugh, then. Yeah. And it, it gets you out of, it gets you out of your comfort zone a bit too. Because what mm. I noticed with acting was I'm generally quite uh, shielded with how, with, not necessarily what I think about stuff. Like I'll be honest as fuck with you about everything, mm. but my feelings aren't necessarily guarded. My emotions aren't necessarily guarded. They just don't tend to come out right. in, in my daily life or like my daily interactions. Like I don't show so much that I'm angry or that I'm upset or whatever. I tend to keep it very much inside. Mm. Whereas with acting, it's so therapeutic because I need to show all of that stuff and being in a group with other people teaches you that it's okay to have those emotions in front of other people and that you can bring them out and stuff like that. And it teaches you to give even less fucks than you do from when you turned 30 in front of other people. Um, So yeah, it's, especially because everyone's in it together. Like you go into your first class, like I feel like such a dickhead, like (laughs) even like especially if you're not generally a clown type person who has that kind of personality that can just not care and do whatever you want and whatever if you're a little bit self-conscious um like you can you can see you can see self-conscious written on people oh sure sure. yeah i think is what you were talking about when reading the thing on the back of the box like if you're being self-conscious about how people are looking at you trying to act versus believing you're in that moment and showing people that that's like a massive difference yeah because you, you you feel the character at that point as opposed to just yeah instructed to do something on the spot yeah and even if you don't necessarily feel the character at least in in voice there are things you can do to your body physically to to get there yeah to like the i think there was one recently that we were doing where i was doing lines for um she was kind of like a like a, a security monitoring a um a mission so like she's kind of guiding you through the mission and she's looking out for baddies um 
posted out and like telling you the codes for stuff and right. she's doing all of her magic coding and so she's distracted she's trying to find like what the code is and where the security cameras are and all of this stuff simultaneously while she's trying to talk to you and so trying to get when you just have a line to read trying to get that level of distraction to be believable mm. is super difficult because you already know what the code is. Yeah. You already know that you're looking for the code. Like as the person who's supposed to deliver the line, you're like, I can just deliver the line and be like this, the code. But if you're trying to believably make the character sound like she's looking for it and there to help you and a little bit frantic and hoping that someone doesn't come and catch you in the meantime and he's the code by the way and whatever yeah that's really difficult to get across so i had to basically go into um chrome and just open up a random website and i was like scrolling through and reading the website while i was delivering the line right okay to be able to get that sense of distraction that's actually quite a good idea yeah, to like break my concentration a little bit. That was when I did, that was like the last, because um, I I think I delivered that line like 10 times mm. and he was just like, oh, I don't know, it's like not quite there kind of thing. Um, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to open up the website, <laughs> I'm going to check this out. And it broke my concentration just enough that when I finished the last read, he was like, that's it, that was amazing. And I'm like, dude, I was just like checking out the interwebs. Like I was yeah. actually distracted. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there are things that you can do to like get to that place. It's it's good to be behind the scenes when like kind of cloak and daggerish where no one knows your your secret tips unless you announce them on podcasts, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I people were asking me if I wanted to live stream recordings and stuff. I would love to do that. I feel like that would be fun. I imagine because watching the creative process can in, in itself be quite therapeutic for people, even people that have no interest in perhaps doing it, but just are interested in general. Like, yeah, real talk, I love it when you do your makeup videos. Absolutely love it. I, I'll watch it and I'll be oh, like, this this is really therapeutic and it's like quite calm and then you call some like viewer a cunt and stuff and it's just like, ah, yeah. look at you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Uh, I would love to back to those I had to like I had to like put them on the back burner for the time being but I know that people love them so much so mm. like that's why I kept doing them because I was getting like the actual audible feedback that people wanted to see them or enjoyed watching them it, it's I, I don't know what it is I've always found it quite relaxing like I've, I've seen like I I, I I wear eyeliner that's it like I, I do not need to know yeah. how to do like contouring and stuff like that um so Whenever I've watched that type of video, it has literally been in passing and then it's a little catch my eye and I'm like, wait, this is, I'm, I'm suddenly very like relaxed. Kind way. of. No, it, it is. It is. It's very, very relaxing, especially if there's like a decent, like chill background song to it. I, I will completely get distracted by it. And people be like, Brian, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I can't remember. Um, I, I know how to do makeup <laughs> now, though, kind of thing. And it's just like, oh, okay. Well, Fair it's, enough. it's interesting too, because like the reason I started doing more of that was because. A, I, I went through a period where I was like, where are all the women in my channel? Mm. Like, it's such a sausage party up in here. <laughs> like, where, like, where are my ladies? Like, I just needed more feminine connections. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know. I was just craving that for some reason. 
And so one day I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about stuff I'm interested in. And I started talking about this new makeup I bought online and instantaneously, I shit you not, like five people came in the chat. Like, are we talking about makeup now? Like, <laughs> like, I love is this, this happening? Hello. I'm, I'm really I happy this like is happening. <laughs> also. And I'm like, where have you guys been? <laughs> like, there were they, the thing was like people were, I had people in my audience who were, into things that I love that I didn't even know because I just didn't think people would, I didn't talk about it because I thought it would disinterest people. Right. Because so, you, you just obviously so, yeah. naturally assume it's like, oh, you seem to all be blokes, yeah, so like, why no would I talk about, about makeup kind of thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I started talking about it. And then when I started doing the videos on Instagram, because the majority of my followers on Instagram are actually dudes. Right. Bigger. Yeah. Um, Mine too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, but when I started posting the videos on there, I actually got, um, feedback from, from men in the channel, just being like, Oh, I never understood makeup before, but like, I have a new appreciation for it now. Like I understand that it's not for me. I understand the value that you find in it as mm. a woman, like kind of thing or even as like a man who likes wearing eyeliner. Like I understand now why people, gravitate towards it or how right. find value in it and i thought that that was one of the most meaningful comments that i've had about it and then also the time when so um when my partner came to visit uh for funsies i was like i want you to try my skincare routine like just for fun like we might as well we're going to be at an event all weekend like we got right. to look good so he tried my skincare routine and we did a video on that and the next week um one of my VIPs from the channel, like longtime viewer for years and years, who is one of the most mas masculine people I know, uh, sent me a DM asking where to get the mask we were using and was, and was asking like what type of facial oil we used and where he can buy it and stuff like that. And it was just like, can you DM me awesome. those details as well, please? And the, <laughs> and just, just the fact that he, just the fact that he felt he could ask me those mm. questions without judgment right. was is just so nice because it's like, no, I'm not going to tease you for asking me that. Like, I'm so pleased that you value self-care in that way that you would want to ask me. Like, that's awesome. And obviously you've, so, got, you've got the side of it where it's a horrible term, but it's, 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 it's the business term at the end of the day. But we as influencers, like... Mm. It's cool that people have that trust in us. Like, I, I yeah, really like that. Cool. Like, um, again, I was discussing with Bruce the other day that, you know, you could stand or be fanatical about, like, your favorite celebrity. But if my favorite celebrity was like, oh, I really like this product, I'd be sat there going, yeah, that's great, mate. I don't give a shit kind of thing. Whereas there are, even before I started streaming, if there were some of my favorite streamers, like, I like this product, not even sponsored. I just genuinely like this product. I'd be like, mm. I trust you. Kind of things like, why do yeah, I trust yeah, you? Yeah. I do, though. And it's it's really cool to have this this relationship with our viewers, with our communities, where they can go. Obviously, in, in a way, it's one-sided because obviously they they know more about us than we do about them, substantially more, um, mm -hmm. usually. But it, I just think it's so cool that I can just be like, okay, I'm going to ask Brian for advice on this and this and this. And obviously, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I'm not qualified to give you that advice or whatnot. But even if it's just something as simple as, what do you think of this product? What do you think I should do in terms of computers or technology or whatever? Because obviously, yeah. I'm a massive tech enthusiast. And they'll go, okay, yeah, 
so that makes sense. I'm going to take your advice, like to heart, and you know, invest in this thing or take up this new uh, regime in health and care, beauty, and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's very humbling. It's very wholesome, I think. Yeah, I I love it, and and I can actually really appreciate you know the 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 FTC changes that came through. Yeah, for that stuff, um, I as a content creator, absolutely love that because mm. it gives us the power to be able to go to companies and say, or, or to respond to companies who want to work with us and say, no, I cannot promote you unless I actually like your stuff. Yeah. Because there have been so many times where it's like, oh, we'll send you a thing, but you have to do a post in the meantime and blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. If you want me to post stuff, I need to try the thing first and make sure that it's the right fit. Otherwise, there is no point. Or you get the sketch ones who are like, oh, we'll we'll give you an affiliate link, but you still actually have to buy the product that we've approached yeah, you to no. promote. And it's like, <laughs> fuck off. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Obviously, there are a lot more yeah, polite ways I mean, to do it. but It's kind of annoying because it's a little bit of a double-edged sword in that you feel more pressure to have to persist when you're not sponsored on something mm. rather than just disclosing when you are yeah so that's a little bit difficult and it's really difficult to with the word count and stuff like that to fit in i'm not getting paid for this but i did get a code for free but also my friend works at the company and so that's my relationship to be perfectly clear at multiple points throughout the stream like that's <laughs> that's really difficult and i think that's still something that we need to overcome with it but yeah. like the general principle of i will only really push things on you that i actually believe in and that i actually love and that even if i didn't get for free i would probably if i had the chance to pay for it would still yell at you to play like jedi fallen order because it's mm. an amazing game um or you know use corsair products because I'm, I'm sponsored by them but i chased them I chased them because I've ever since I've built computers, I used Corsair shit. I won't use anything else because everything else breaks on me. Right. They're the only thing that hasn't. So I chased them to the ends of the earth for that shit. Um, but yeah, and I have the I have made the mistake though of of taking sponsorships that didn't quite work out or that I wasn't quite sure about just because I was still trying to work out that landscape. Right. But now I know what I want and what's more valuable to to me not necessarily my brand it's um, it's it's weird how much the the landscape has changed particularly in terms of like um viewers and um public perception because obviously even yeah. just three four years ago you, you do a sponsored stream or whatnot or a sponsored tweet or instagram post and people are like oh sell out pitchforks fuck you yeah now it's just like oh yeah i get it <laughs> it's like oh yeah cool man you're you're making money sick and it's like Thanks. <laughs> like, thank you for not skewing me on the, the yeah. pitchfork. I appreciate that. Yes, like I, I, I do need like, to eat. I, I feel like maybe a better way of going about it would be using the, like, the hashtag ad for, you know, I, I got a thing out of this relationship. Mm. It might not yeah. necessarily be money, but that's the thing that I, that I got. Whereas if you actually get monetary compensation, you get payment to do this thing then just being like hashtag paid ad like yeah. then I, I would feel much more comfortable being able to draw the line that way because I feel like the like I'm I'm working on a a, a paid um 
you know, stream like a sponsored stream right now, that is like way out of left field for what I would usually do. Mm. Um, but before I even knew it was paid, I wanted to do it because of the people who I'm working with on right. it, not necessarily the game or, you know, the company or whatever. I didn't even know it was going to be paid. It was just someone who I love dearly works at this place that was like, Hey, I would love to do this thing with you. Um, if, if you would like to play our game, blah, 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 by the way, if you, if you want, um, you know, I'll play it with you. And I'm like, you're playing it with me. Done. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, like, that's on all. It. like if I, <laughs> if I had to, if I had to fumble my way through this game by myself, you'll find out eventually when it comes through, but I don't have the contracts and stuff yet. Um, but you know, if, if I had to fumble through this game by myself, I, I mean, even if it was paid, I would feel super uncomfortable with that. Right. But just the fact that I'll be able to have this experience with with that friend who is hilarious and wonderful and I love him so much and I just want to support his journey as well. Mm. And he's been able to somehow pull off getting creators paid for what he wants to do, which is phenomenal. And I appreciate that so much. That was like, but that was just like a bonus to me at that point. Yeah, I was you, just you like, just appreciate oh, really? More... We're getting paid for this? Awesome. Thanks, man. Like, you appreciate more the fact that it's a thing that can happen rather than that it's actually yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, but it is, uh, it's now nearly two in the morning here in the UK. The time has absolutely flown by. So thank it you. Really did. Thank you so much for uh, for being the first person to be on, on Let's Talk Care. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. I was so thrilled when you even like approached me for it. So well, honestly, like I, I had um because I'm on two stream teams and one of them is quite inclusive and quite small. And I considered like two or three people, and I was like, I want to get like three or four people lined up. And you're the only one who's not in the stream team that I've approached so far. <laughs> so I was just like, I, 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 I was like, I, I want to do like a chat with Kerry. So I need to get her on the, on the, the cast as soon as possible. Um, and now in, you're, you're now actually like the first person. So I really appreciate your time uh, this evening. Um, where can people find you? Oh, just at kid Kerrigan everywhere. Everywhere. And then it's like, you know, some, there's like, you know, some extra channels on YouTube and Instagram or whatever, but the main ones are just at kid Kerrigan. So like on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Um, Which of the four Instagrams yeah. was it? <laughs> yeah, right. There's like, there's like Kid Kerrigan, Kid Kerrigan TV, Kid Kerrigan but messy. Um, <laughs> and then I have a, I have an IRL channel on YouTube now as well, which is where all of the makeup vlogs, etc., will will start going on there. But that one doesn't have a, a channel link yet because it's right. so new, and you have to wait for a month. All of that stuff. Right. Well, I look forward to seeing that. But uh, thank you once again, uh, everybody. Do please give Kerry a follow. She's uh, an absolute sweetheart, a hilarious human being, and um, and also very adorable when drunk. And she meets you for the first time when you're wearing eyeliner. Oh my god, I remember that moment vividly, and I'm so I, I'm so happy that I remember it fondly. Same, same. I, I like. It just, it just happened. I was like, oh, it's you kind of thing. I must go see it. And I saw you. And then obviously you, you were so stoked that I was wearing eyeliner and that like reverberated with me. And I was so stoked that you were so stoked. So, but <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful time. But uh, everyone, what? thank you so much for uh, listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, subscribe, follow all that malarkey. And I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful evening. Um.